0: family, it's uh, Pastor Theo here, and Pastor Nathan, we are going to be doing another pastor's podcast on books today, Uh, and today we're going to change things up a little bit and ask about what Pastor Nathan's been reading lately, so uh, you have a book for us today.
1: Well, do I? I've been reading the Bible. (laughs) Um... So Psalms, Judges, First Corinthians, Mark. Everybody else been reading that too, right?
0: Keeping, right. Keeping up. Right. Uh, keeping up. I am, I am, a little behind right now, but I'm I'm, I'm catching back up. There you go. So,
1: There's permission, everybody, yeah. to be uh, struggling with Bible reading. <laughs> yeah. Um generally also will be reading commentaries uh, not doing that as much right now because I'm not preparing new stuff but I'm trying to start working ahead in First John so I got about 5 or 6 commentaries in First John that are always open on my desk or s- stacked next to my desk uh, I'm taking a class right now for my uh, degree, my masters in urban ministry which I'm almost done with and I have a theology class I'm taking right now so I'm I've Got a working through Alistair McGrath's Christian Theology Introduction. Mm. I read I read that back in undergrad, but uh, working through that right now, so I can say I read that for my class. That's been okay. Um, yeah, so I got books. I, I, some people are like one book at a time, and I think I've I was that way at one point. Like, don't start a, another book until you finished one. But lately, I'm I'm a kind of I got several books go on at the same time i got something Hmm. over here something over there
0: uh i don't know are you like that or Mm, i've tended to be like that and like i've i can glean a lot of little information in each book that way um if i wanted to finish a book i need to like sort of prioritize it and and set it up as like i'm gonna read this Hmm. book first and 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 read it a lot um okay so yeah. yeah so I guess different
1: personalities but I got I got a few things uh, cooking on the stove at the same time so uh, one thing Andre and I do is we're we always have a book that we're reading together and sometimes that goes faster and sometimes it goes slower in different seasons sometimes that book might be you know taking a long time to get through but I like to sometimes at at the end of the day we get the kids in bed if there's some dishes to do or something um I'll read to her while she's doing dishes or read to each other in the car. And generally lately, those have been parenting books or marriage books. Okay. Uh, so right now we're, we're working through this one, uh, by William P Smith called parenting with words of grace, building relationships with your children, one conversation at a time. And so far it's been excellent. We're probably two thirds of the way through and I don't want to, I don't want to go fast. I just want to take it. I'd like to read it. It's a short chapter. I want to read it and it oftentimes just like we read it and we're like don't oh, we totally screwed that up right there at bedtime uh, but it's so great it's so grace filled itself and just good gospel wisdom on parenting stuff so it's so awesome. I got that one going um, I'm part of a pastor's uh, group we, we meet monthly and you know, roughly the first bit is kind of um, talk about a problem we got in our church and we can give each other counsel or advice and then the last hour is uh, a book we read so we read a book a month and uh, I really enjoy that I think it's a good. that's a good way to be pushing yourself is to be reading books with other people mm. uh, books maybe that you wouldn't have picked but they've kind of been curated for you by somebody else and forces you to do something you wouldn't have done before um, so I just finished Sinclair Ferguson's uh, book on maturity growing up and going on in the Christian life and it was okay it wasn't it wasn't flashy or knock my socks off but there's some good good stuff there on what it means to be mature and it was convicting um, hmm. one little quote I wrote on page 219 and I started and I wrote COVID in the margin <laughs> but it just said uh many Christians discover that it is in the loss of what is important or familiar to them that their contentment is tested and real spiritual growth takes place. Mm. I think that's happening right now for us. Uh, hopefully God is maturing us right now. So that, I read that and then the next book um, for, our, for next month, I, I bought that. And uh, by the way, I just, I, I mentioned this, but uh, I often get my books at Amazon but uh, there's a local bookstore in Pilsen called Pilsen Community Books, and uh, it may be not quite as fast. It may be a little expensive, some more expensive than Amazon sometimes. But especially during this season, where we can uh, support local businesses, you can you can get your you can buy a book through that and, and uh, have it delivered to your house, or, or or even go pick it up in a you know hands-free handoff. Um, but the next book for for my. Uh, That pastor's group is called Guaranteed Pure, the Moody Bible Institute, Business, and the Making of Modern Evangelicalism. Have you heard of that book, Theo? No, I haven't. Really? Fascinating.
0: Really? It's this...
1: I I mentioned that this is kind of the stuff that I just, like, suck... I just suck up. I love it. Uh, Is that the right word, phrase? Suck up? Soak up? Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Um... Uh, but it's a it's a history of what's going on in American evangelicalism around the turn of the twentieth century and how Moody Bible Institute played a role in that. Um so I'm just I've just started into it, but it's it's fascinating. Kind of a move away from a churchly Christianity, a church life mm. rooted in a creeds or a, a denominational heritage to this sort of parachurch um a way of finding yourself yeah. in the world yeah. that's not rooted in a church, in ecclesi- ecclesiastical life, but it takes a lot of its cues from the the the, the world of business and marketing and um, yeah. So it's the, I I I just eat that stuff up. I love it so far. I can tell I'm gonna love this book. Um, fascinating. So. Mm. Uh, and it's local. It gives me some understanding of local stuff too. We have several Moody students, and I've always wondered, you know, what Crowell Hall, who that's named after, well, this book's telling me who he was.
0: Wow! So. Wow, that's very cool. I honestly, like I once Moody, and I have, I know nothing about those people who those halls were named after. So, <laughs> well, maybe you should read this book. Maybe. Cool. Hmm. Uh, What was the? I I can't remember right now. What was the book that you wanted to talk about for this podcast? Oh, well, I
1: got several more I want to talk about. Um, (laughs) Well, by all means, yeah, my reading has bumped up a little bit in this last month. I would say, Mm -hmm. Uh, not as much as I'd like, but uh, three pieces of glass. That that book uh, is actually not out yet. I was asked to be on the like a pre-release reading group to, and then to help plug it. So I'm plugging it now. I'm gonna blast it on my to my you know masses of followers on social media. Uh, in a, in a, when it releases, I think in a couple weeks. But it's by Eric Jacobson. Uh, he has a podcast called The Embedded Church, and they interviewed me a while back about that uh, because I had interacted with him about some of his previous books. The first one was called Sidewalks in the Kingdom. The next one was called "The Space Between." He's a he's a Christian pastor uh, who's also into New Urbanism, which is this movement of um, trying to go back to what made how cities kind of uh, what made cities great in pre World War Two pre automobile age. Uh, so I, I just I, I again this kind of fits into my sociological historical. America, um, fascination, but uh, this book I think should be a, a maybe the next book that we read in that book club that Bethany started on the Facebook group. Um, oh, really? Which, by the way, I'm reading that. I'm reading that book too. That we're reading okay. right now, the Liturgies of the Ordinary. It's very well written. I just I was um, actually listening to that one because I haven't it hasn't arrived yet. So I got the free audio version. I, I listened to it and I just thought. I am so thankful to God that there are good writers. Hmm. So that's um, uh, Tish uh, Harrison, Tish Warren Harrison, I think. So I've probably gotten that transposed. But anyway, three pieces of glass, I think, would be really beneficial for, to read with people in the church. Um, the three pieces of glass that the book gets its name from, you're probably wondering, are, uh, number one, the, the car windshield, Number two, the uh, the television screen, and number three, uh, the smartphone. Hmm. And his thesis is that these. Well, I, th- I think his main thesis is that there's a an epidemic. <laughs> I- ironic, right? But it's been actually labeled an epidemic by several governments—an epidemic of loneliness. That that people are um, have a a deep sense of lack of belonging, that we're lonely. And, uh, and he's, he's he's going into a biblical theology of belonging and the kingdom of God. And uh, it, it's, it's really, really good. I can't uh, fully give it justice right now. I really hope to read it with some more of you. Uh, but then he moves into kind of how the first step uh, towards a, a loss of... Some of that be- loss of belonging comes from a loss of civic life, right? You, you, mm. We just don't feel like we are experiencing the shalom of, of life in a place with people. And so we feel isolated even, even in crowds. And part of that is because the, these, these realms of um, public belonging have vanished. And the, the automobile was a big, uh, a big part of that, where you could um, live 30 minutes away from where you work, or where, where other things in your life happen, and it kind of fractured your your, your embodied existence from uh, neighbors, from a walkable community where you would have to uh, bump into diff- all different kinds of interesting people and have those relationships. Um, he does a much better job, obviously, of unpacking this. But but once that started to happen, um, you you kind of would come home and you could pull into your garage your attached garage and walk into your house and then when the tv comes on then you can stay in your house you can feel some sense of a connection with other people but they aren't real people they're just characters that you actually don't they don't have a claim on your life or whatever but you kind of enter into those worlds through your television screen and you're even more distanced from the real people that are fascinating as well that, that live around you um, that you used to sort of walk from one place to your home and walk through your front door. Now you come in through your garage, whatever, and you play in your backyard if you do go outside. So he he talks about how that, and then and then now the the uh, the smartphone it's just ubiquitous. And even when we are with other people in their actual presence, <laughs> we're looking at our phones, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, and we're distracted and we're pulled in all these different directions. And, and he, he just does a great job of explaining how that's contributing to a sense of loneliness and isolation. Uh, I recommend it highly. Great book. Ironic to read on a piece of glass uh, during <laughs> social distancing, right? Um, this pandemic that we're in, that's keeping us isolated from people. But it really made my, made me long to, to get back out into the UIC area, to keep, uh, trying to, you know, beat the drum for, um, a neighborhood church that's making a place here in the city. And, uh, yeah, I would love to read it with more people. Yeah, no,
0: that sounds like, honestly, that sounds very, uh, appropriate in a weird way for our times because those those three pieces yes. of glass are like the only amount of human contact we have right now. Which is Seriously. Odd. Yeah. 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 Um. um
1: I also have this I, I like biographies. Um and I've had this one by uh David McCullough, John Adams. I've I've been working on this for a long time. So I just pick it up every once in a while here and there and read. And I've been reading in that a little bit more uh, recently. And just getting, I, we've talked about this before, but historical perspective mm-hmm. is so important. Like, I just realized, like, we're wimps right now. When I, when I read about his uh, his voyage across the Atlantic to go to France to be an ambassador and the, the <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the Apostle Paul in the latter part of Acts, you know shipwrecked and all this stuff. It's crazy. Uh, I'm trying to find it right now. I'm looking through here. But, uh, I should have bookmarked this better. <laughs> I know it was on the upper right-hand part of the page. Where was that? Uh, oh! This this okay so. uh, Doctor Rush that's where Rush Hospital in our neighborhood came got its name. He was one of the founding fathers. Um, The the sanitation was bad. Doctor Rush was about talking about the Continental Army. Uh, once walking through Potter's Field in Philadelphia the previous April, Adams had been overcome with the thought that more than 2,000 American soldiers had already been buried there, nearly all victims of smallpox and camp diseases. Dirty frying pans slayed more than swords, he had told his wife Abigail, uh, quote, discipline, discipline is the great thing wanted. There could be no cleanliness without discipline, and death from disease among seamen was, he knew, exceedingly high. And then in parentheses, For every sailor in the British Navy killed in action or who died of wounds in the era of the American Revolution, 17 died of disease. Mm -hmm. I just read that and I think, man, yeah, this is not the first time there's been, you know, a disease, a plague, a scourge. Yeah, so I love reading history and uh, really well done history. Doris Kearns Goodwin's Biographies of Presidents are outstanding. Uh, team of Rivals about Lincoln was awesome wow. uh, David McCullough he's a, he's a great writer as well um, hmm. can
0: I keep going? Uh, you can Anything just, want to ask uh, me? whatever you want to talk about I, my, my, like, I don't know a lot about the books that you're reading honestly um, I uh, honestly you should probably recommend some like historical biographies for me to read if we're being real because I just haven't like, invested that much time into that Um, Yeah, uh,
1: Marsden's biography of Edwards.
0: Yeah. Really
1: really good. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, I would... I I like presidential biographies. Hmm. Um, Some some Christian biographies. uh, Ian Murray, he's a good Christian biographer, but sometimes he can kind of get into hagiography, kind of make these people in inhuman a little bit like yeah. they're just too so holy so a, a good biography that shows not just um it's not too glowing but uh t4g is technically happening right now i always go to that and you, you walk home with a you know a stack of books mm-hmm. and uh, this year they shipped those books to me so um one of them was uh Short little book called Meditations on Preaching by Francis Grimke. He's the guy who wrote that, that first sermon that we hit, sent out on that first Sunday uh, mm. after this all went down. And it, these are just collections of his writings on on preaching. And I, I just I knocked that out fast. I probably shouldn't have read it all in one sitting because it, it gets it gets a bit repetitive. But mm. I think it might be something that I like read a read a paragraph from on a Sunday morning as I leave my study to go preach just a good kick in the pants about the seriousness of preaching and, and but his, one of his big things through there was just you know preach to be helpful not to be a good preacher necessarily Yeah. so that was good to good. get a black voice uh, a voice that's you know 100, 100 years old he'd been in um, ministry for 50 years hmm. um and uh I tweeted this, so I don't know if anybody follows me on Twitter, but um he uh, where is that at Let me find that oh here's what he said um, about his he's thinking back of his his fifty years of ministry um, he says uh Fortunately, it's not in our own righteousness that we are to stand at last, but in the perfect righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, imputed to us and received by faith alone. That just hit me. Like, here he is. He's giving he's like, we gotta preach, we gotta do all these things, but after fifty years, that's that's his takeaway. <laughs> it's like that was that was good. And then I also just devoured uh, the new Jonathan Lehman book, One Assembly. Um this is a Nine Marks book on rethinking the multi-site and multi-service church models. And uh, this it was nothing extremely new to me, but this is very well written. Uh, a very good explanation of not just Baptist ecclesiology, his other books. Um, uh, some of you guys have read his short little book on church membership. Uh, he has another book that's a little bit bigger on Elder-led congregationalism called "Don't Fire Your Church Members." That's a great book. This goes in that kind of vein, uh, but it really is a, a word study on the word ecclesia, "ecclesia," and we talked about this in our podcast on why we're not doing online church. And this, you know, this was written again before any of this other stuff happened. He's mainly mm. dealing with the multi-site model and even the multi-service model, right? Like a nine o'clock service and a 11 o'clock service. One Mm. church, but in two different times or two different locations or multiple locations. And then he has some little things in there that are apropos to where we're at now, where he talks about, you know, uh, internet church being basically multi-site to the max, right? It's like (laughs) you just have however many people you have at their home watching online that's another site <laughs> yeah. and uh, anyway that that was a great if you want an explanation for why uh, we don't want to plant you know IBC South Loop IBC West Loop IBC you know Logan Square IBC Lawndale but we want to plant autonomous independent churches that would be one gathering and and all that goes into why we're not having online church this is a good, a good book on that and then even the, the last chapter was an excellent um, explanation for, for Catholicity, small c, Catholic. Um, really, really good about if you really like to, to really be part of a, um, a network of other churches that are working together instead of your own brand, your own model. Mm. It's got to be your, your style of preaching, your persona. And personality piped other, other places. Instead, let's plant churches. Let's multiply. Let's yeah. partner with other churches to revitalize churches. Let's swap out people in our churches to help and, uh, and work together. And that's yeah. part of my heart too with yeah. Chicago and what I'm doing with the Illinois Baptist State Association and that kind of bigger mm-hmm. um, network of churches. So one assembly, Jonathan Lehman, that was good. I, I read that in the last... Couple weeks. Um,
0: What else? You've read like Uh, way more books in the past couple weeks than I have. Uh, I'll give you that. I finished like a few, but that's okay. um, But now, there's, uh, I would uh, just
1: also say, uh, we're always reading a bedtime story, right? So that's (laughs) how I'm getting literature in. And so uh, we just finished the second to last in the series of the Penderwicks, which is the story of these sisters um, and uh, that's fun because I got a girls and my girls <laughs> love these stories so yeah and uh, now we're going back into the um, the green Ember series. We're reading the last book in that uh, called Embers End and that's the I think I mentioned this in a sermon a while back about rabbits with swords It's this it's uh, these rabbits that are fighting to reclaim their their rabbit world so it's pretty cool Mm. sounds pretty epic that's every night yeah yeah so that's that's what i've been reading lately uh and the facebook group
0: the liturgy of the ordinary i think i mentioned that yeah Hmm. well cool um i'm probably like probably what i'm gonna do is uh like i'll probably go back and like pick out some books out of your your recommendations to like add into my own reading list and and think about doing so Uh, yeah All right.
1: well hopefully that's not been uh, I know sometimes I I feel like I like with people that are reading tons more than I am and I feel guilty or bad or dumb and maybe I'm guessing that most people in our church aren't reading uh, maybe some people are reading more than I am but um, I don't want to say this to make you feel bad or I just want to share my excitement at reading. I'd love to read some of these books with you, and I'd love to hear what you're reading. And uh, yeah, learn from each other. Absolutely. So, hmm. All
0: right. Uh, I think that wraps up like our time for this podcast. Cool. Um, any any final like thoughts about the books you've recommended, or, or any comments or anything like that?
1: Um. No, I'm just. <laughs> I got a lot of those T4G books. So Andrea was registered as well. So she got all the books. Some of the books I already had, and then all of her books are now going to be at the shelf at the meeting place on that takeaway. Oh, cool! So anybody first come, first grab, and you can get some of those books. There's some good ones there. Sweet, awesome.
0: All right, thanks, Theo. All right. Thank you.
1: Bye.